Hi everyone, and welcome to Bards Lost in the Metaverse with me, Sean Lee. And me, Andy Mack. Join us as we explore the depths of our creativity and the world of Web3. Welcome to episode three of Bards Lost in the Metaverse, a podcast that follows the adventures of two aspiring creatives as we learn to weave magic through words, art and music while exploring the world of Web3. Each week we'll start off with an update of our works in progress before diving into a discussion of creative process and technology. So it's episode three, Andy. What are we actually talking about today? All right. As promised in the last episode, we're going to talk about how we got started uh, writing Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what got us into it and how we started taking it seriously. And we're also going to discuss NFTs in the second half. So well, that's yeah. going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but as always, as first, uh, let's get an update on where you're up to with your book. Yes. Well, <laughs> so full transparency. It's actually only been two days, I think, since we last recorded our last podcast. Yes, there has been two days since yes. we recorded the last And it was a weekend. One. It was a weekend. So yeah. that's all my caveats. I'm not making excuses, but I have only edited two pages since yes. then of my book. It's been slow. I think I have two pages left of that chapter. So yeah. it's progress. We did do something. We did do something. Yeah, yeah. We did do something. Which Would was? you like to say? Okay, no, we went to um, the Canberra edition of Oz Comic Con. We did. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was really fun. good fun, yeah. We went Saturday for half the day, or most of the morning anyway, which was half of over yeah. half of the actual uh, Comic Con day. Uh, one, just because it's Comic Con, it's super cool, uh, but also to do a bit of a recon. We did. We were super keen to go check out all of Artist Alley and we got to see lots of different authors out and about talking about their books with like their excited energy and stuff. It yeah. was it was very inspiring and cool environment, I yes. found. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, it was with lots of awesome artists, uh, authors, creators, mm. uh, lots of really cool exhibitors. I think we all bought something yeah. uh, which was great. I think so, I yeah. nerd out a fair bit with, like, the <laughs> cosplay sort of stuff as well. Yeah. Mostly just from, like, I love the people who have, like, handmade that stuff. My brain boggles Super a bit. Because I, I can't sew to save my life. So <laughs> I don't know how they do it. But they looked amazing. There were so many people in cool costumes everywhere. And it was just a super fun vibe. Yeah. yeah it was, it was really good. great. It was good fun. Uh, I will throw you under the bus. Did you do any music as well over the weekend? I... No. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I was like, no, I think I did a track on Friday morning. Yeah. Um, but that was it. I haven't done anything over the weekend. All so right. full no, transparency. Good. Steps forward, steps forward. It's all baby steps, but yeah. there's still lots of tracks in the bank, I guess, ready to be released. Awesome. <laughs> so don't you worry, everyone. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so how about you? Where are you up to with your book, Andy? Ah, uh, dear. So I'm <laughs> in a similar situation. Not that I... I had a fair bit of time working, but I realised, and we talked about this last week, I'm using Pro Writing Aid to do some of that final editing. I actually learnt how to use that software application Ooh. a bit better. Um, and while it was giving me an overview of everything I was doing and marking my scores, etc., I didn't realise you could deep dive into each subject that it presents you. 
So I spent most of my morning, I thought I'd finished, I'd spent like 20 minutes, I'm like, yes, fourth chapter, ready. Then I'm like, oh, what happens if I click this button? Then I was like, oh, no, (laughs) Um, I've got so much more. Um, So I've almost finished editing the fourth chapter, but on now that I know how to use the software properly, um, and they probably actually put tutorials, I just didn't do them, so it's my fault. I'll go back to the first chapter, get those three, and I should have three pro-writing aid, fully edited chapters by the end of the week, I'm hoping hoping, um, which I will then do my last draft of. So I will have ready to PDF chapters by the end of the week or the end of next week. That's exciting. First four. That's crazy. That's awesome though. Yep. (laughs) So baby steps forward. We're all learning. It's all a learning journey. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think while we're talking about writing and as promised, uh, you know, probably two minutes ago, uh, let's talk about how we got into it. So I think we sort of gave an intro of why we write or perhaps, you know, how it first started, but let's dive into that a little bit more. Mm. What really got you into writing or at least taking it seriously where, you you know, you're writing on the weekends and we've got a a business and a podcast, et cetera. Where where did that start? Well, I guess I'd spent years dabbling with writing, I think. I'd started a young adult fantasy series, which I still want to go back to, but I just couldn't get it to flow properly. Yeah, I felt yeah. like I was constantly getting stuck and I didn't really know what I was doing. I hadn't studied anything about craft of writing at that stage. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to write. Uh, then I had my kids and I did write a couple of little kids' books and I yes, think that yeah. helped me get a bit of confidence to go, no, it is something I can actually write if I sit down and do it. Yeah. But it just seemed still so daunting. I didn't have much time or anything and I still just felt a bit scared I guess in many ways to commit to it yeah so it wasn't until I think I sat down and I saw um, the Australia's Writer Centre do lots and lots of different courses for writers they're really good they're online yeah so they're quite flexible Um, and I saw their pretty much their beginning writing course and kind of like I think what you were talking about last episode yeah, about with yeah. like art going back to basics. Yeah, I went. I should do a course that teaches me the basics. <laughs> like, <laughs> really drills down into that. And I found it so valuable. And the most terrifying part was we had to do assignments and then submit <laughs> them, so the rest of the class could actually read them. And the tutor was also reading them, and you got feedback on your writing. That's awesome terrifying but <laughs> yes it was very good for me to actually overcome that fear of sharing because I hadn't even really admitted to people that I wanted to write and so yeah I think there's only a couple of us yeah. that probably knew about that oh yeah it was like a handful really yeah. of people so it forced me to actually like put my work into the world and starting to get used to being critiqued and being read yeah. And it started me on the path of going, no, I do want to actually write. It sparked, actually, the idea for Agent Mother Other. It that, did, didn't it? Yeah. You did, it was one of your assignments, wasn't it? it? Was. I remember because you got me to look at it. That's correct, yes. I think it was um, I had to come up with a character that was different to me and put them into a setting where you yes. didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I expanded on that. I came up with the character of Rachel during that yes. little exercise and went, what can I do with her? She's an interesting person. And it expanded into a whole novel. Yes. <laughs> it was a very cool paragraph. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. I remember reading it being like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But it was still slow going because I think I was still scared to commit myself to this idea yeah. of writing a whole novel because it just seems so daunting. Yeah, when was that then? Oh, uh, would have been after... Pre-COVID the, or...? It was 
pre or maybe the start it was i'd already had my second son yeah so my kids were still really little it's yeah. like fitting like being able to find time to sit down yeah. and commit to something was already hard <laughs> yeah so the idea of like sit down every day and write for hours was like i don't have that time i'm scared of mm. that so I started convincing myself all I had to do was sit down for 10 minutes. Yeah. If I could find 10 minutes in my day just to get a couple of words down, yeah, it would yeah. be progress. Yeah. And then I know we're going to go into it in a different episode, so I won't go into detail now, but yeah. I figured out what my writing process is and how, I guess, to help myself when I do only have 10 minutes. Yeah. So, like... Full transparency, I am a planner, not a cancer, <laughs> I discovered. That's probably why I was going wrong originally. Yeah. But starting to understand these things about how I work and, like, what suits me and my lifestyle, it helped. And just by doing those 10 minutes every day, it slowly chipped away yeah. and things have had to stay flexible for me. I'm definitely not someone who has rigid routines <laughs> or anything, which is very different to you. Yes, yes, I do enjoy my daily discipline, yes. <laughs> but you get there and it's just by slowly chipping away. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so that's, I guess, my story of how I actually how got, into it, yeah. got myself to sit but down how long, and write How long have you been writing Agent Mother Other for? I reckon it's been probably at least two and a half years. Yeah, wow. That long? I think probably. so. Yeah, it's, it's been... It's almost like the end of this year, right? I That's literally scary. finished the first draft on Boxing Day, I think, of oh, okay. 21, 2021. So I've been editing, first round edit yeah. since then. <laughs> and it's August, so it's been eight yeah, months of so, editing. It's September in like a couple of days. Um, I am slow compared to others, but... It'll get there. Yeah, but you still have, like, an actual full-time job. And yeah. kids that are yeah. still small, may I add. They're not uh, as old as mine. Yes, it's yeah. a um, crazy house at times. Yes. But uh, you have to just work around what's going on in your life sometimes and you have yeah. to find what works for you. Definitely. And I couldn't commit to a certain time because sometimes my kids would be waking up in the middle of the night or in the morning or, in the, or all over the oh, place. Yes, small kids are fun. So I wasn't able to be like half an hour at this time every day. Yeah. But I've had to adapt and sometimes I was writing in the dark while getting the kids to bed. <laughs> so it's been a wild journey. Oh, yes. I do look forward to when we go into that because you do have yeah. some funky stories about when you were fitting writing in. It's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What really got you to finally sit down oh. and get writing on Star Ranger? I don't know. I think you were probably a bit of motivation. I think I've been <laughs> writing... I think I got a Creative Writing Award in Year 11, actually, Ooh. back in the 90s. Um, <laughs> and I wrote... I've been writing since then. I... I bit of a background for me i ran a gym for a while so i used to write fitness articles but i just used to do them internally like blogging was a really huge thing we're talking all mm. the early 2000s sort of time and i was like should i have a blog i like writing it didn't really fit with mm. what i was doing uh, then i took on a other couple of different jobs uh that didn't involve that type of writing and i ended up writing i think 2011 or 12 probably when i first met you i was just writing just for the fun of it mm. like i had some sci-fi action thing i think i got like 20 chapters of it out i hate to read it i don't even know if i still have it because it would have <laughs> been bad but i just wrote it it was for me to express ideas i think yeah and just to write and then i still was a bit uh should i have a blog should i do something you know do i have anything worth saying at that point in my life uh, but I think it was when you started writing and I was like, oh, maybe I do love it. Like, I think originally I wanted to do like a 
graphic novel or an illustrated novel. Yeah. I wanted to I kind of blend the that. two because I, I love storytelling and that's a craft I want to master. Uh, but drawing's really hard, particularly if you want to do like a 200,000 word book and translate half of that into pictures. So maybe one day when I get really good at drawing and have more time on my hands. But I think when I started doing that, I was like, oh, this is great. This feels natural. It wasn't like a an, an article where I have to, you know, put a bit of copy into it and give you like an outcome from it and actionable mm. things to take away and educate my audience it was like i just get to write a really cool story and it gets to be infused with action and adventure and there's a couple of life <laughs> lessons in there and stuff that i try to throw in because uh, i wanted to write something for my kids because um, mm. they're already getting to the age now because mine are a lot older than yours or well, older than yours uh, where dad's not as cool as he used to be uh, <laughs> but if there's characters in there that they can relate to hopefully when you know i'm just a credit card and wheels uh, they might still take on some of these lessons. That's what really got me going. That motivated me. Plus, I just love doing it. As I said, it just flowed. Once I was writing Star Ranger and a story, it's like, oh, ideas, ideas. Mm. Uh, I'm the opposite. I'm a bit of a pantser. I kind of have a <laughs> left and right of arc or a box to stay in that I plan out. And then from there, it's just have at it. And it's enjoyable. I really like doing it. Yeah. I love it. I'm never, I've never, because how long I'd be the same. I think I started writing just yeah. after you and I get up at 4am and write, but we'll talk about that <laughs> in a coming podcast. Um, I've never not enjoyed it. I've never yeah. run out of ideas. I've never been blocked. And if it, if it happens to be a day where I miss it because I'm sick or I've got to travel for a day job and stuff like that, I actually get a bit shirty that I haven't done my writing. I'm quite yeah. addicted to it now. And so it's something I'm going to do until the day I die. That's but, awesome. Um, yeah, that's what got me into it. I think you're a big motivator. Aww. I think, yeah. <laughs> Shucks. You can't see my face, but it's one of those <laughs> smiley ones. Um, and that was good. And that, that was great. And I think it gave me the kick in the pants to be like, oh, you can write fiction. It doesn't have to be mm. a factual-based type article. You can explore this side of you, the creative side. And I just loved it. I was hooked. Like the first, yeah. first time I sat down to be like, all right, let's come up with a story. And I just haven't stopped. Yeah, it's it's what, writing is one of those things where it's the only time I think I've ever felt that thing people call flow. Yes. Where you just completely get lost and immersed in it. It was literally the only activity, I think, where I had experienced that. And I think that was like a big, you want to do this, Sean, type of a yeah. moment. Like this yeah, is yeah. a happy place for you where you get lost in your imaginative world and creating yeah. these fun, exciting stories. And it's just fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, <laughs> I, I, I find flow in a couple of different places, but yeah, writing is definitely mm. the, an easy one to do it for me. It'll happen every time, guaranteed. Even when I think last year I spent like six months editing, didn't write a new mm. chapter and just edited for six months, but I still enjoyed it. I still probably rewrote my book like eight times yeah. or what I had in my book at that point eight times, but it was still fun. Even editing, yeah, uh, it's still interesting. I still like refining the story and getting it right. And, yeah. Your and brain like sparks with new little like, ooh, I could connect that to this yeah, yeah. and make it so much cooler. Yeah. And it's probably super, super nerdy, but even when I'm editing and I reread our stuff I've written, I still get a bit like... Excited. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you done stuffed up? You should have done that to like characters in my book. Like even though I wrote it and I know what's happening, I'm still like you know spirit fingers at the cafe while I'm having a coffee, being like, oh, it's about to go down. That's exciting. That it is. Fun. It is. It is it's super nerdy. Good. But um, yeah, I guess that that kind of sums up what how I started writing. Yeah. And how I wanted to turn it into a profession, into something I do, not just amateurish. And I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, write books and become a millionaire, far from it, but, like, taking it seriously. And I think mm. it's that, what's his name, Stephen Pressfield, that sort of uh, war of art and that sort of turning yeah. it from an amateur to a professional. 
That reminds me. Oh, here we go. Yeah, off the script. But I've it is off the script. Yeah, yeah. But you gifted yes. me that book. Jeez, I'm a good bloke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this was before I had done any of those writing courses or oh, anything. Okay. And there is a little message from you being like, this is to help you on your way because you knew I wanted to write and I was just struggling to yes. get myself to I sit down. I did do that. Jeez, I am I know. a good bloke. That's like probably you? the only it's present I've given friend. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the only birthday present or something I've given you in 10 years, but probably. it was a good one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But I still have it. It's a great book, as everyone as well. Yeah, he's got a couple of books in that sort of series of, you know, Do the Work and Turning Pro yeah. and, you know, The War of Art. But, yeah, definitely that that kind of mentality is yeah. where I shifted. I and think. I guess we wanted to share this with everybody as well so that we can show you guys we didn't, like, go on some big uh, learning Oh, yeah, I didn't go get my uh, doctorate in English yes. or anything like that. It just sort of came to a, a point where we were like, in our lives where we're like, if yeah. we want to do this, we just need to start. And it doesn't matter how big or small that start is. Yeah. You just got to start. Well, we're just, well, we're <laughs> releasing a chapter a week, really. To, well, we will yeah. be. We haven't yet, but that's where we're starting. We're not starting with, you know, a trilogy mm. or, you know, some super epic no. book and we're not getting it edited by five different editors no. and cover arts and all this. We're just going to start. Yep. And that's it's enjoyable. That's all you can do, right? Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. All right, well, I think that covers off, you know, how we sort of started yeah. getting into our books. I think, as you said, in the coming podcast, we'll get a lot more into um, the techniques we use and how we actually go about fitting it in and yes. some of that sort of process that we use. So let's get into the second half then. How are yeah. we going? Yeah, let's get into it. So NFTs. Yes. Would All right. You like yeah. to start off? Yeah, I will read straight from Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, so, you know, props to them. Uh, what is an NFT? So here it is straight off the internet. A non-fungible token, NFT, is a record on a blockchain which is associated with a particular digital or physical asset. The ownership of an NFT is recorded in the blockchain and can be transferred by the owner, allowing NFTs to be sold and traded. NFTs can be created by anybody and require few or no coding skills to create. NFTs typically contain references to digital files such as photos, videos and audio. Because NFTs are uniquely identifiable assets, they differ from cryptocurrencies, which are fungible. Mm. And then there's a lot more to go on. But that's just a quick overview of what an yeah. NFT is. And I think we thought we should start with NFTs when starting to talk about Web3, technology and metaverse, because people have probably heard about them. It is probably the, the biggest thing. Yeah. It's definitely very current, very now. Along with cryptocurrencies, I'd say NFTs are sort of the biggest cool yeah. kid on the block in Web3. Yeah, yep. that's probably a fair thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was to describe it a certain way. But yeah, I think like the real heart of the NFT, as you were saying, mm. is about the underlying blockchain technology that they're built on, yep. which means these tokens can't be forged or yep. manipulated. Yeah. And they also prove ownership, which is how they've created them into digital assets. Yes. So it's sort of almost like they've been started with almost like a proof of concept sort of thing with NFTs currently, like yeah. expanding into art. People may have heard of Bored Ape. Yeah, That's Bored a Ape. huge one where they're mostly just selling gifts. It seems really silly <laughs> yeah. when it's just like these little pictures yeah. are going for, oh, I don't even know, I want to say millions. There oh, might definitely. be like one or two out there for millions Yeah, probably. I think I had a look uh, yesterday actually. I think some of the high ones are up towards a million. The highest Ooh. NFT sale was when I was talking about before the podcast by Beeble, which was his 5,000 Days of Art, the one at a Christie's auction, Oof. 65 million. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of money. 
so we're saying like I was saying these are a proof of concept almost but it's they are making money in things and I think it is because it is the start it's like a tipping point of the usage of this type of technology because an NFT yeah, it doesn't have to just be a piece of art right no not at all so we know currently there's lots of um, music or art available on OpenSea it's like OpenSea, one of the yeah. biggest um NFT marketplaces yeah. available at the moment. Mm -hmm. It uh, works off Ethereum, which is one of the big cryptocurrencies. Yeah, yeah. And we will go into cryptocurrency and blockchain all in other episodes. So yes, we'll yeah, break yeah. all that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're saying a lot of words that may not make <laughs> yeah, sense currently. Yeah. That's all right. And we're definitely not experts on any of them. No. But that's fine. But that biggest marketplace currently mostly just sells art and music. Yes. But that's not where the end, I guess, of where this technology can be employed. No, it's... no, not at all. I think uh, arts and just the NFTs in general, the art, is that sort of ground floor mm. getting on the elevator of where this is going to go. I think it's going to keep going up. It's going to change over time. Will, you know, like, will you still want a board Ape, you know, token in 10 years? Will it be worth anything? Will it mean anything? Mm. Maybe yes, maybe no. But the NFTs and blockchain in particular and some of these things that are coming with Web3 will be around. There's no sort of getting out of that yep. uh, technology and it's not going to go away. How it's used and what it's used for in the future, mm. well, we're, we're going to find out, I guess. But currently, yes, NFTs uh, and particularly with the art and the music mm. is where you're going to see a lot of that because that's what's making the money, right? Yes. That's the really big kicker is, you know, someone sells a digital picture for $65 million, that's going to make the news and that's where you're going to hear about this sort of stuff yeah that's true yeah uh but nfts though they can be so much more i think than yes just art and music because the key part of it is this idea of token because it's a non-fungible token so yeah. all it is is a thing yes. that just can't be manipulated so i've already heard like people talking about how these nfts could potentially replace if you maybe sign up to like your local writer center or something as a member yeah you might be issued an nft token Yes. As your membership card instead, because then they can actually, like, validate you are who you said you are and it can't be manipulated. Uh, there's ideas that it could be used for concert sales or tickets yeah. and things instead of just, like, those things you scan with a QR code or something. You would actually be issued an NFT yeah. that you can't manipulate. It might reduce scalping and all these sort of different, like, economic yeah, benefits yeah. for it. And you get to keep it. So if you went to, like, the first concert of, I don't know, the biggest band that's yet to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have an NFT of it. Yeah, yeah. You can keep that as a collectible and potentially sell it down the track of someone who might be like, ooh, that's a collectible, the ticket to the very first concert of that famous person. Yeah. Like, there's just so many possibilities. And let alone it's going to turn into... EPUB files and ebooks being available eventually. Yeah, something we're definitely interested in. Yes, because yeah. I know there are a couple of different marketplaces being stood up for books specifically. Because unfortunately, OpenSea, which yes. is that huge big marketplace yep. we mentioned, doesn't let you put up PDFs or anything yeah. like that. So you can't sell books yet through those sort of marketplaces that currently exist. Yep. But there are a few in the works. I've yes, I've definitely seen a couple. Obviously, we've, we've been looking at those for at least this year, seeing yes. what that means. And it's, it's exciting. Like, how does that work? Uh, and as authors, what does that mean? Like, can I cut out some of these big publishing firms that are going to take, you know, 60% mm -hmm. of our profits? 
but what does that mean? I don't get, you know, a big publishing firm's potential marketing skills and yeah. all this. And where does that sit for creators and authors like us? Yeah. We don't know because it, it's not really happening or happened at a large scale yet. But mm-hmm. it's super exciting to see what that does mean. Yes, because Amazon's like one of the biggest yeah, sellers of yeah. ebooks and stuff currently. But I don't know how they're going to deal with this um, NFT and Web3 technology yet and if they're going to engage with it. Potentially down the track, I assume these big companies will embrace this sort of technology and maybe they'll actually just end up selling NFTs as their e-books formats that they're actually giving (laughs) out. Who knows? I don't know. But it's going to be fascinating to watch how it plays out. It is, because it's going to be driven by business, right? Like, we're not Mm. talking about government implementing, you know, cryptocurrencies or blockchain, etc. We're talking about industry and business and the private sector. Mm. So, it's going to be what the market wants, really, because Amazon and all these other people are going to want to make money uh, just as much as... And that's fine. They're allowed to want to make money. So, it's going to be up to them with the consumer to dictate what that means. Yeah. So it's going to head down that path of, you know, I think of like, why don't we have hoverboards now? Because <laughs> everyone wanted, thought we'd be getting hoverboards, but mm. everyone wanted social media. And that that's the market. That's where people wanted to go. So it's going to be us as consumers that drive yeah. that technology to see where it takes us. And with Web3, it's very much a global market, right? Yeah. Like it's not even broken up by countries. Like it's just people from anywhere in the world can all interact and... Yeah. It just seamlessly transact. Yes, yeah, we get the, the DAOs and all those other different things, which yeah. we'll talk about later as we learn more and share that yeah. information. But that being said, with all this sort of what we've been saying about the impact on economies and things, it, I think the world hasn't caught up to the legal aspect, I guess, of a lot of the yeah. copyrights and things yeah, with this. Uh, copyright laws around the world haven't really been updated to figure out how to deal with NFTs. Yeah. So there is big holes lacking, and I'm sure there's very smart people around the world working on this, <laughs> but it's good to be aware that this is a very new environment still. Yes. That's slowly being developed. Yeah, still a little Wild West, I'd say. Very much. <laughs> and that's why I sort of was saying the things like Bored Ape and stuff and the use of these NFTs for artworks in mm. many ways is a little bit of like a proof of concept in a way because they're yes. trying to to figure out, does this technology work? Can we exchange money for other tokens yes. and, like, assets? Does that whole system yeah. work and Do- not collapse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does it hold value yeah. having a board ape on your phone? Exactly. Yeah, it does. Is it more valuable or less valuable than having a painting up in your living room, for yes. example? Yes. Like, so it's interesting. It's definitely very cool. Yeah. And we're going to get a lot more into it over the coming weeks. I think next week uh, we'll be talking about blockchain. Yeah, we'll um, go into blockchain and exactly what that means yeah. and the benefits of it. Yes. I guess that would be probably yeah. good. Right. Um, but, yeah, but NFTs are probably just the most widely heard of Yeah, definitely, thing. definitely. But pretty much if you think this is a digital asset or a token that you can buy yeah. and then because of the technology it's based in, you can prove that you own it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> all, all the techies just hating on us. Yep. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> all good. All good. My very basic way of trying to help myself understand it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, and that, that makes sense. But I think okay. that's it. Yeah, I can't think of anything else I wanted to cover this week. Yeah, I think we're good. I think that's enough of an intro to the NFTs and that Web3. We've talked about our books. Uh, Next week, we're going to dive deeper into our books. We're actually going to talk about a little bit about what they're about and maybe some of the characters, etc. So that's going to be super cool. Uh, And as I just mentioned before, we're going to talk about blockchain. 
yes. uh, that technology. So it'll be a bit of a uh, black and white episode. It'll be the yin and yang of us being super creative and talking about <laughs> our books and then getting super nerdy techie. on some tech. Well, super techie. That's not embarrassing. Our version of super techie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we won't be on the command line wreaking havoc. Um, it is all good. So I think that's it. We're going to leave you off with a track that Shana's created. Uh, we'll play that at the end. Uh, if you haven't already, check out our social medias. We're on Facebook, Invoke Creations. We're on Instagram, Invoke Art. Yep, and YouTube, Invoke Sounds as yes. well. And I. we have a website, InvokeCreations.com. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I've been doing with all my time. That's right. Now yes. I remember. Uh, but as we sort of just, you figured out, we've got a lot to do. So we're going to go sit down, put our bum in a seat, do some work. Mm-hmm. So until next time, stay dangerous, everyone. Bye.